Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Good Morning Family, a podcast of my weekly sermons. Who knows? Maybe I'll throw in a special sermon for you every now and then. I hope this podcast is good news for you. If you find these words helpful, please rate and review my podcast on iTunes or on whatever host you found it. Thanks for your help and for being part of the family. And now, here's this week's sermon. Listen and enjoy. Good morning, family. Here we are at the end of May. And the question on everyone's mind is, when will we go back to church? When will we reopen? Well, as I said in my letter and in my social media posts last week, we do not have a specific date yet. I can tell you this. We will gather again when it is safe for everyone to gather with us. Our priority is everyone's well-being. We are committed to protecting everyone's health, so we will gather when it is safe for all of us to be together again. By the way, the church is not closed, so it does not need to be reopened. The church is not a building, it's the people. We've just stopped worshiping in our building for a time in order to protect the health and well-being of others. We are still the church. We have not been the church gathered. We have been the church scattered. And as the church, as the people of God, we are called to care for the weak and the vulnerable. In fact, not going to church right now just might be the best way to be the church right now. Not creating environments for virus transmission may be the best way to demonstrate the love of Jesus for others. So that's what we've been doing, and that is what we will keep doing. We will keep you posted with any information about when we get back together again. But for now, today is the Sunday we call Pentecost. Pentecost is Greek for 50 days, and it's been 50 days since Easter Sunday. Pentecost is the birthday of the church. That is to say, Pentecost is the day, according to Luke in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples, and the church was born. The Holy Spirit filled the church, and they were equipped and empowered to do ministry. The Holy Spirit is what helps us to live and love like Jesus. So Pentecost is a pretty big deal in the Christian church. Now, having said all that, here's the tricky part. John the Apostle tells a little different story than Luke tells in the book of Acts. And it's John's story that I'd like us to look at today. It's a little different take on Pentecost and what it means to have the Spirit of God or what it means when the Spirit of God has you. So let's look at John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. It's a scene we've visited a time or two since Easter, and we come back to it one more time. Hear the word of the Lord. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. 
Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. No sooner does Jesus give the Holy Spirit to his disciples when he says, If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Forgiveness is not a word that we often think of when it comes to Pentecost. We talk about the Holy Spirit being given to us to make us holy, to help us to love, to equip us, to enable and empower us to live like Jesus. But John does something really interesting. John focuses here on the subject of forgiveness. Forgiveness is certainly not the whole story, but it is an important and often overlooked part of the story. Forgiveness. One of the most difficult things for us to do is forgive someone, isn't it? Yet it's one of the most Christian things we can do, and it's one of the most important things we can do. It's easy to see and to define someone by their actions or their clothing, by the color of their skin or by their gender. It's a whole lot harder to see people and to define them and to value them according to how God sees and values them. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because people who are filled with the Holy Spirit are quick to forgive because they see and love and value people the way Jesus does. Please understand, forgiveness does not excuse what someone else does. It does not justify hurtful behavior or negate the consequences for someone's actions. Forgiveness is all about moving forward, making progress. It's about growing rather than being held prisoner by the past. So Jesus says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, think back to Good Friday. As Jesus was dying on the cross, he cried, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And in that one radical act of forgiveness, Jesus broke the cycle of violent retribution. Jesus shed his own blood rather than the blood of his enemies. Thanks to Jesus and his powerful act of forgiveness, we can now move forward. Now we can grow. Now we are no longer held prisoner by the past. Now we can live in peace with people who would otherwise be our enemies. How's that possible? Well, that's the power of forgiveness that is available to us, unleashed in us when the Holy Spirit is present in us. This is how we can forgive. The Holy Spirit removes sin from our lives so that we can live the life God wants for his children. Now, let's admit that forgiving is incredibly hard. In fact, sometimes it seems to be downright impossible. 
right? But not for people who have the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness is normal. It's the way of life for people who are possessed by the Holy Spirit. But let's be clear. There's more to it than simply being able to forgive someone who may have offended or hurt us. When the Holy Spirit is present in our lives, when we receive this gift from God, we will go beyond forgiving and actually love the person who wronged us. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus who forgave his killers from the cross, the Holy Spirit makes it possible for you and me to forgive and then to love those who might have hurt us. Just like the actions of Jesus that we see at the crucifixion, the Holy Spirit makes it possible for us to heal relationships and to move forward. The Holy Spirit makes it possible for you and me to live and love like Jesus. Sadly, and for the most part, the world is still waiting to see this kind of radical discipleship taught and lived out with any consistency by the church. That's why Pentecost is so vitally important for the people of God. If we are to be the people of God, if we are going to live and love like Jesus, if we're going to move forward and live in peace, if we are going to forgive, then we desperately need the Holy Spirit. And God wants to give us his Holy Spirit. That's his will. That's his plan for each of us. We believe that God wants all of his children to accept the gift of his spirit. Forgiveness. Do you need help in practicing forgiveness? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Do you need his peace today? Are you living for or like Jesus? I'm going to pray for you right now, to receive the Holy Spirit of God. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, you made us out of love and you created us to love. So help us to love others. Others who don't look like us, others who don't vote like us, others who don't believe like us, others who don't live like us. Help us to love everyone, no matter what. We are your people, and we want more than anything to live lives that please you. So today we ask you to breathe on us and to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Make us more like you. Help us to speak, think, act, serve, love, and maybe even look like Jesus. Now we are no longer our own, but yours. Help us to forgive like Jesus. Help us to live and love like Jesus. Do with us what you will. Rank us with whom you will. Put us to doing. Put us to suffering. Let us be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let us be full, let us be empty, let us have all things, let us have nothing. 
we freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are ours and we are yours. So be it. And may the covenant now made on earth be ratified and confirmed in heaven. Again, Father, we pray for all those who are afflicted and affected by the coronavirus. Give your peace, give your strength and healing to broken hearts and lives. Help us, your people, filled with your spirit, to be helpers and healers in these distressing times. And now, using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks again for joining me. We'll get through this. Don't let this pandemic rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope because God loves you no matter what. You have heard the gospel. It is for you. God is with you because he gives you his Holy Spirit. And he is for you and not against you. So receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. You are in the grip of the one to whom all of heaven and earth belongs. He will keep you. He will not let you go. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you with all of his favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.